Hello and welcome to Traders Corner. I'm Bronwyn Seaborn. And joining me as usual is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, thanks so much for your time today. Sure. Hi, Bronwyn. So as usual, let's start off with a look at the S&P 500. You identified the range last week of between 2,700 and 2,740. And that briefly broke to the upside last week. But that weakness was quickly snapped up and it's back into that trading range. So what's the chart telling us? Yeah, that's right. So it broke out. and I've been going on about this for a number of weeks where it's broken this bigger downtrend and it's been making this large triangular pattern over the last couple of months. As you say, it's been range bound here between 2700 and 2740. That break to the downside last week came after a bit of jitters over the Italian political situation. But as you said, it was quickly snapped up with buying at the lower levels and it moved back up into that range. Now, Often when you see a situation like this happen, when you get a false break to the downside and then a very quick recovery back up into the range, what that's telling you from a dynamic between buyers and sellers perspective is that it's saying to you that the buyers are actually quite strong. They, they shrugged off the negative news and they pushed that market back up. So if it didn't follow through to the downside, chances are it's going to therefore break out to the upside. So that's what we're watching for this week. I think there's a fairly good chance that we'll actually see this market break out above 2740 and push on to, you know, possibly up towards where those previous spikes were back in February and March, which is at about 2790, that sort of area. So it looking, it's looking fairly bullish to my mind at the moment. And I think, uh, you know, I, I'd rather be long here than short if, you're, if you put me into a trade one way or the other. So long term, are we looking at a level of about 300,000 or where do you see it going? Um, yeah, 3,000. It's possible. You know, I've seen some commentators suggesting that that's maybe where the market could go at some stage this year. It's quite a long way from here. It's still more than another 10% to the upside. So you know, that is quite aggressive, uh, but you never can rule it out. You never can rule it out. I think in terms of the type of trading we do, we look at the sort of the shorter term movements from week to week. But you know, that large triangular structure that I allude to there that, that formed over the last number of months, if you strictly speaking took that triangle and projected it up, it probably could give you a target somewhere close to 3,000. So let's come to our local market front then. The top 40 future also broke to the downside last week. It did. Uh, last week when we were sitting here, we were talking about this 50,500 level and the fact that it was breaking to the downside and that there was a head and shoulders pattern there. And I said it looked as if it was possible it could come down towards this 48,500 zone. Now, it didn't get as low as that. As you can see, it spiked close to 49,000 and then, then buyers stepped in aggressively. And we've seen quite a swift move to the upside over the last two days. And a lot of that I think can be attributed to, to two things. One is that NASPIS has suddenly got a bit of wind in its sails. And the other thing is that I think there's been some derivatives related activity because we're now about two and a half weeks away from the June futures closeout. There's quite a lot of put option interest between 51,000 all the way down to 49,600. Um, those puts would have been hedged as the market fell by short selling of futures. And as the market rallies, you'll find that those hedges need to now be unwound. So the buying of futures pushes the price up. And I think it's created a little bit of a short squeeze that has now pushed this market uh, aggressively higher over the last two trading days specifically. And we're talking Friday and Monday here because we're recording this on Monday. Um, 
from a technical perspective, that 52,500 level could be where it's headed next. That's where the, the next significant overhead resistance level is. You can see all those prior highs in February, March, and again in May, up at 52,500. So I suspect we're going to need to see what happens there and whether the market stalls there or whether it makes an effort to push above there. So while we wait to see what happens on that front, let's revisit a trade you made about two weeks ago. Remgro. It hasn't really worked out. Um, and at the time you did say you were breaking a number of rules by investing in this trade and you were swimming against the tide by buying it. So remind us again why you entered the trade and then we'll look at kind of how it's all played out. Yes, yeah, so you're right. I did break a number of rules. I mean, it was trending lower um, and, and, and what have you. But why I got into it was because it, it was exceptionally oversold. We had an RSI buy signal over there. That's where your RSI drops below 30 and then rises back above 30. It's quite rare to see that. Um, and on Remgro, the prior five occasions where that had happened, it had marked the bottom. And uh, then we got this morning star reversal pattern on the candles over here at, uh, at about 210 Rand. So putting it all together, I thought, look, this looks interesting for a, for a bit of a rally towards 220. Um, also knowing that from a longer term perspective, it's sort of in a, a very, very oversold territory. We'll look at the longer term chart in a moment. Unfortunately, though, the stop loss was triggered. Uh, we got out to 205 Rand 80. And I, and I stopped it out with you know, almost hesitation because I suspect that this probably is actually in the in a buying zone here now. But we nevertheless, you know, we always do stick to our rules on this on this show. Um, what would be worse is if I ignored my rules and then went on to lose a whole lot more money. That would really look silly. So we, we're pretty strict about stop losses and making sure that we never lose more than we intend to on this show. Um, it resulted in a loss of 1,980 Rand. So it's not the end of the world, not by any means. It's just a bit frustrating. And as I say, I do suspect the stock actually still is in a buying zone anyway. I mean, if you look at this longer term chart, now we're going back to well, about one and a half years here. Um, you can see this zone around 200 to 205. You know, whenever it's spiked down into that area, it has generally been very oversold and it's resulted in a recovery off those lower levels. And I won't be at all surprised if that does happen again here, which will, which will result in me kind of kicking myself for getting out of the trade. But rules are rules. And in, often in the past, you know, I've been grateful for having a stop loss. There are these occasions where you get stopped out and unfortunately you would have rather stayed in the trade, but that's trading. Um, the critical thing is never let, a, never let a losing trade getting out of hand and, and we didn't do that yet. So would you be revisiting Remgro at all? Would you be looking again for the bottom? Well, I, I suspect yes. I mean, if I was taking a medium term view on this and, I, and we see some sort of a weekly reversal candle form down here, then I think possibly it would be worth having another look at it. Uh, like I say, it's extremely oversold if you look at this technical picture from a, a longer term perspective. And I think that your risk of buying in this area is actually quite low, um, particularly if you've got a medium term view of, let's say, three or four months looking out. Okay, so last week you put two stocks on your watch list, Netflix and Amazon, and you're actually going to make a move on Amazon. So walk us through that rationale today. Yes, that's right. So we've put a, a nice new trade onto our offshore portfolio this week. The offshore portfolio has been a little bit dormant for a while, so it's nice to actually be doing something here. So here's the chart of Amazon.com. Uh, last week when we spoke, uh, I pointed out the fact that there was this significant area of overhead resistance where that dotted line is. comes in at $1,615 a share. And then, of course, you've got the rising trend since the beginning of April. Now, you talked about the Netflix chart, 
And I also mentioned this just purely from the perspective that these two charts look very, very similar in the way they're trading. Uh, Netflix managed to break above $335 per share, and you can see it's moved on quite significantly. It's gone another $25 since then, um, and that was a nice, powerful break. Now, if we go back to the chart of Amazon, you'll see the similarity. It's, it's, you know, there's no doubt there's a similarity between the two here. Amazon has just broken out, um, and obviously having alluded to it on the show last week, I did, wa I would, did watch it very, very closely, and on that breakout, I did then go and buy some for our portfolio. So I've gone long at $1,616.50 a share on that breakout. Um, I think this opens the way for further upside. If you look at all the tech stocks in the US, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, all of them are actually looking quite, quite good at the moment and look like they've got further upside. So I think we could quite feasibly see a move up towards $1,700 here, if not more. Um, so I'm going to, and I've gone into the trade, my initial stop loss was $1,575. And, uh, but now what I'll do is I'll monitor this rising trend line. And basically if the price starts to trade below that trend line, then I might look to stop it out. But whilst it's above that trend line, I'm actually quite happy to stick in with the trade. So then let's drill down into the details of it all. Yes, yeah, so I'm long at $1,616.50, as I said, stop loss 1575. It means that my initial risk per share was $41.50, but do keep in mind we're going to ratchet that stop loss up as we go. The, the risk that I'm willing to lose is $200. So the, we've got $15,000 in our offshore account. Um, $200 works out at approximately 1.3% of our offshore capital. So as I always do, I take the capital risk that I'm willing to lose, $200, and I divide it by the 41.50 per share that I'm, that I'm risking. So it comes out at a number of 4.82 shares. So I've rounded it up to five CFDs. That doesn't sound like a lot, but remember we're talking about a share that's $1,600. So the position size is meaningful. Um, target is $1,700, and that means therefore that my risk to reward is one to two, which is adequate in my books. We'll have to see how that plays out. But you did mention briefly there that the FANG stocks are kind of recovering. Are you not nibbling at any of the others? Yeah, the others all look good. Um, Facebook's looking good. Apple's looking good. Google's looking good. Um, Netflix and, and Amazon, obviously, we've spoken about here. Uh, I think you could take your pick. Um, I chose Amazon just because of the fact that the technical breakout had just begun to happen. With the others, the horse has sort of begun to bolt already. Um, and I'd be loath to, to rush out and chase them higher but Amazon looks as good as any to me. Great, then let's have a look at how the local and offshore portfolios are performing. Yeah, the local portfolio off a little bit from last week because of that loss that we've taken on Remgrow. So we're still up 6.6% for the year to date, sitting just under 160,000 Rand there. And then our offshore portfolio is uh, looking okay because the Amazon position is in the profit. So we, we're up just over 2% there. And of course, we've still got our Tesla put option, which I'm monitoring closely. I don't know if it's going to work, but we keep an eye on that. I've accounted for the full premium paid on a Tesla put option. If I were to close it out early, then well, I'd recoup some of that premium because I won't, um, I won't have to pay the whole lot away. So I'm going to be watching that very carefully. There is a Tesla, uh, I think it's an AGM this yes. week. 
quite important, so we'll be monitoring that very closely. Okay, and you also have a course coming up towards the end of the month, so give us some detail on that. Yes, it's in Johannesburg on the 23rd of June. It's my high probability trading course. It's a full day course on a Saturday. Anyone is welcome to attend. It's, it is geared towards retail traders. Um, anyone interested in attending, please send me an email, goth at traderscorner.ca.za. The price for the month of June is 1,990 Rand per person, so it's a discount to what we normally offer it at. Garth, and then before we end off, they can, of course, subscribe to your weekly newsletter as well. Yes, that's right. We send out an email every week detailing what is coming up on the show. All you need to do is go to traderscorner.co.za. In the middle of the page, there's a link for a free weekly email. If you click on that, sign up, enter your details. It's quick and easy, and then we'll send you an email every Tuesday detailing what's coming up on the show for that week. Great. Garth, thanks so much. Let's leave it there. Thanks. Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.